This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. 918-262-5072. That is the text line here at the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with Scott File. Reminding you, we've got football tonight. Jinx and Norman North, 630, the pregame time right here tonight on the Blitz 1170. And I want to remind you to go out and see the guys who do the show, Pop and Colby. Between 3 and 6 this afternoon, they'll be out at Scoreboard Sports Bar at River Spirit Casino. They'll have a QR code you can scan and sign up to win a pair of tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys. Now, there are a couple things you can do out there. You can also win tickets to see the Cowboys, or you can sign up to win tickets to see the Cowboys play the Washington Commanders on Thanksgiving. And we're going to give you $500 spending cash. So we've got regular season games. And that was a regular season game, too, of course, but a special game on Thanksgiving. And you can also do that. So many ways to win. Just by texting Dallas to 918-262-5072. Just text the word Dallas to 918-262-5072, and you can sign up right now to win a pair of tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys. Still to come at 730, Ryan Aber, our OU insider from the Oklahoman. We'll talk OU Texas. As a matter of fact, speaking of OU Texas, it will be, I think, uh, I mean, certainly game day is going to be there, and they've been there before. But maybe the best atmosphere for this football game we've seen since... I don't know, Scott, if you're going to pick a – when was the last year you think – I mean, I know the last year they were ranked this high, but with with Texas, quote-unquote, being back, with Oklahoma coming off the bad year, with both headed to the SEC, but you're going to have to go back a while to find a game with the overall impact of this one, at least in my opinion. And I mean, impact – okay, it's one game in the Big 12 schedule. It's one game in the national schedule. But – it means a lot for both teams, and it means a lot for two leagues. Absolutely, and there's a lot riding on it, too. Like we said, you know, the winner probably, I don't want to say locks up, but it almost assures a spot, at least a spot Pretty, in the Big 12 title Without game. a collapse, yeah. Yes, and, you know, it gives you also a leg up at a possible CFP playoff position as well. I, I'd say this is probably the biggest one since 2011, probably. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a while. And then it's the exit game, too. And as, as we said, Greg Sankey will be there. Uh, <laughs> I ho- I still hope Yormark shows I do too. up. I just want him to sh- you show up even as a fan, walk around. Hey, is that Brett Yormark? Trust me, if he does show up, he won't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that's just us. I, I just think it's just us. Yeah, I, I think, think so. On the Blitz us. 1170, the number of times he's told Scott and I, hey, I'll be right there, and we still have never ended. The guy. <laughs> As he sits or stands yeah. 10 feet from us. He did, you know, the, that first year, last year, not this year, but last year, he did sit with Pop and Colby in the afternoon. Yeah, uh, he did. He did. Uh, and and then, then this last year, he told us five or six times, oh, I promise I'll be there in 10 minutes, and we never saw him again. <laughs> and then he did everything in his power to not come back yes. and talk to us. Yes, and then, you know, we emailed the Big 12, hey, we'd like to talk to him. Yeah, he's not doing radio. <laughs> All right, 717 here on the Blitz 1170. You know what? We might not be able to do that, but Scott can do this. Scott File has so many things filed away in his brain, he has to let some of it out to keep his head from exploding. He lets it out once a day with This Day in Sports History on the Blitz 1170. Seriously, the dude is like the History Channel, rain man of sports trivia. All right, I will tell you all about what happened on this day in sports history. And we start 123 years ago in the year 1900, turn of the century at the U.S. Open men's golf at the Chicago Golf Club. Harry Varden of Jersey wins his only U.S. title. He beats Englishman J.H. Taylor by two strokes. 1908, Chicago White Sox pitcher Ed Walsh beats the Detroit Tigers 6-1 to for his 40th victory and forces the American League pennant race to the final day. 
Now listen to these stats. This just blew my mind. Walsh leads the league in games pitched, 66, innings, 464, strikeouts, 269, complete games, 42, saves, shutouts, and winning percentage. And, oh, by the way, his ERA was also 1.42. My goodness. I'd say that's quite a season. That's Satchel Page stuff. <laughs> 1912, the Boston Red Sox beat the Philadelphia A's 3-0 for their 105th win of the season. That's an AL record that stood until 1927 when the Yankees won 110. 1915, in a 5-0 loss to Cleveland, Detroit Tigers speedster Ty Cobb steals his 96th base of the season. Those 96 seals will stand as a major league record until 1962 when Maury Wills steals 104 for the Dodgers. 1921, New York is the host for the first one-city World Series since 1906. And the Polo Grounds is a site for all nine games. Yes, the World Series was nine games back then. Babe Ruth drives in the first run of the series in the opening inning of a 3 nothing Yankees win. 1931, an argument between fans at an illegal drinking establishment in Brooklyn over who should start the next game of the World Series turns violent, resulting in the death of a patron after he hits his head on a marble table. Both the bar owner and the man who gave the fatal punch are arrested, but charges against the latter will be dismissed when an autopsy autopsy shows the victim died of a stroke caused by advanced alcoholism and not directly because of the blow. The bar will be closed permanently. 1932, with new ownership, the Detroit Falcons officially changed their name to the Detroit Red Wings, and the winged wheel is introduced. They previously played under the name Cougars from 1926 to 30 and the Falcons from 30 to 32. 1949, Game 1 of the World Series, Allie Reynolds and Don Newcomb are locked in a scoreless duel in the bottom of the ninth until Tommy Heinrich leads off with a walk-off home run, the first in World Series history, and the Yankees beat the Dodgers 1 to nothing. 1953, the Yankees beat the Dodgers, this time Game 6 of the World Series. Billy Martin collects his 12th Series hit, a single to center field in the bottom of the ninth. That gives the Yankees their fifth World Championship in a row. 1956, Yogi Berra becomes the fourth New York Yankee to hit a World Series Grand Slam. He doesn't game two at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. The Dodgers win 13-8, though, but they go on to lose the series 4-3. 1970, the MLB Championship Series both end on the same day with the same score. The Orioles beat the Twins 3-0 in the American League, and the Reds beat the Pirates 3-0 in the National League. The Orioles would go on to win that World Series that year 4-1. 1979, we are family. The Pittsburgh Pirates complete a sweep of their National League Championship Series, beating the Cincinnati Reds 7-1. The pride of Earlsboro, Willie Stargell, who hit a home run, has named the series MVP. 1982, the first regular season NHL game is played in New Jersey. This one is in Newark as the Devils played to a 3-3 tie against the Pittsburgh Penguins. 1983, Edmonton superstar Wayne Gretzky scores a goal and gets an assist in a 5-4 win over Toronto. In the Oilers' season opener, he starts an NHL record 51-game scoring streak. It wouldn't end until January 28th of 1984. 1985, Eddie Robinson becomes college football's winningest coach as Grambling beats Prairie View A&M 27-7. It's Robinson's 324th career victory, one more than Bear Bryant before he retired from Alabama after the 82 season. 1985, the St. Louis Cardinals clinched the National League East title with a 7-1 win over the Cubs, and the Kansas City Royals beat the Oakland A's 5-4 in 10 innings to clinch the American League West title. Willie Wilson single scores Pat Sheridan with the winning run. 
1986, Rams running back Eric Dickerson runs for an NFL overtime record 42-yard touchdown as L.A. beats Tampa Bay 26-20 at Anaheim Stadium. 1991, Fresno State ties an NCAA record for the most points in a quarter with 49 in the second quarter as it beats New Mexico 94-17. Fresno State's Derek Mahoney ties an NCAA record with 13 extra points. 1996, the Cleveland Indians strike out 23 Baltimore Orioles in 12 innings in a 4-3 ALDS win at Jacobs Field. The Orioles would go on to win the series 3-1. 2001, Barry Bonds sets a new mark for home runs in a single season, hitting numbers 71 and 72, but San Francisco is eliminated from the playoffs with 11-10 loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Also in 01, the Mariners win their 115th game of the year, become the winningest team in American League history passing the record that we just mentioned a few moments ago, the Yankees. 2001 as well, the Atlanta Braves become the first pro sports team to win 10 straight division titles after beating the Marlins 20-3 to clinch the NL East title. The Celtics, who did it from 57-65, to and the Lakers, who did it from 82-90, to both won nine in a row. 2003, Kansas City wide receiver Dante Hall scores a game-winning 93-yard punt return for the Chiefs' 24-23 victory over the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead. Returns for a score in an NFL record fourth straight game. 2003, the Chicago Cubs win their first MLB postseason series since the 1908 World Series with a 5-1 win over the Atlanta Braves in Game 5 of the NLDS at Turner Field. 2005, the NHL opens the regular season after a 10-month lockout of the entire 04-05 season. Ottawa's Daniel Alfredson and Danny Heatley, the first players to score winning goals in a shootout in NHL history, both score against Toronto goalie Ed Belfour in a 3-2 overtime victory. 2012, St. Louis wins the first ever National League wildcard game, beating the Braves 6-3 at Turner Field. This game will be remembered, though, for a controversial play that takes place in the eighth when shortstop Andrelton Simmons lifts a fly ball to shallow left. The drops between Matt Holliday and Pete Cosma, but umpire Sam Holbrook calls the infield fly rule. Simmons is out. A 19-minute delay ensues as fans pelt the field with debris. Braves manager Freddy Gonzalez files a protest, which is immediately dismissed by Major League Baseball Vice President Joe Torre, allowing the game to resume. And finally, in 2014, Brian Hoyer's six-yard touchdown pass to Travis Benjamin with a minute to nine, minute nine left rallies the Cleveland Browns, yes, the Cleveland Browns, from a 25-point deficit to beat the Tennessee Titans 29-28. It's the largest comeback in league history by a road team. Happy birthday today. We've got a loaded birthday list today. And it starts with the king himself, former OU and Dallas Cowboys coach Barry Switzer. He turns 86 today. Hall of Fame Penguins center Mario Lemieux is 58. So is Hall of Fame Canadians and Avalanche goalie Patrick Waugh. He's also 58. Grant Hill, the former Pistons Magic and Suns forward and Duke grade is 51. And Mr. Taylor Swift, or Travis Kelsey we'll call him. He turns 34 today, and that's a look at this day in sports history. Mr. Taylor Swift. By the way, he is uh, now complaining that the NFL is overdoing it a little bit. Even he says that. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, so let's look around sports, shall we? Things that are not sports necessarily, but you know what? If you were standing in line to buy a Powerball ticket, it might have been like a sport. Maybe arm wrestling, maybe a little bit of cage match. Yeah, it was a little crazy as people were in line. I, I didn't fight anybody for my ticket. I, I, well, I happened to make a mistake and go into a convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, there were people in there. Let's just, okay, it was different. Let's just say that. However, bad news, nobody won. 
or good news. Or good news. Yeah, depending. Uh, nobody won all. Nobody matched all six numbers the other night. So here we go again. We're going to be getting after it. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, well, it's going to be another one of those fights. I guarantee you. So no what winner. One point four billion right now. I yeah, think? and that's it. And going up. It'll go up. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was at one point two right about the time it happened, which would have gotten you a little over five hundred and fifty million dollars in take home pay, which is not bad. Oh, the tragedy <laughs> oh of trying to live through that. I know. You see if you can just uh, drag yourself by. However, nobody won. So if that's either the good news or the bad news, depending. All right. So this one I thought was pretty interesting. Now, imagine you get pulled over. Now, you we got to really work your imagination to stay with me here. So you, <laughs> you get pulled over, and you sit there, and the cop walks up, and the cop asks for all the things cops ask for. And you're thinking to yourself, you look familiar. Man, there's something familiar. I just mm, I can't place it. Cop goes back, sits in the cop car, does the things cops do. You know, they run through scamads, state, county, municipal offender data system. All right, text I see, me. I see where you are. Text me if you know the movie, 918-262-5072. Text me if you know the movie, right? And then the cop comes back forward, and then, and then the guy in the car realizes where he recognizes the cop from, her OnlyFans account. Yeah, it turns out the cop in Minneapolis has an OnlyFans page, and it's a paywall. And so the cop is trying to write the dude a ticket, and he's kind of arguing with her, and she starts to get a little belligerent. And he says, and I'm going to quote him, you can't arrest me no more. I've seen your private parts. (laughs) (laughs) To which... Now, you've heard a lot of excuses (laughs) as to why people try to get out of tickets. I don't know if I've ever heard that one before. I've seen your private parts. Uh, I don't know if that point, if you back up a little or what it is you do. But then he goes on. He says, I wouldn't want her to be arresting me. And I just saw you and your husband last night for $29.99 on OnlyFans. And he says, I just can't respect you or the precinct you're working at. You're the dude paying 30 bucks for her individual page. <laughs> and you can't respect her or her, her precinct. Now, uh, this goes further. So this, of course, blows up because she gives him the ticket and then he tells, you know, people and and then it gets into the news. So they ask the Minneapolis mayor's office, Jacob Fry, they ask him what they would thought. Well, the mayor didn't make a comment, but his comment person did. (laughs) And here it is. I'm going to read this one. All right. If all we're talking about is some naked pictures behind a paywall, the mayor has no issue with it. So if it's just some naked pictures behind a paywall, you're good. However, the chief will determine if there's any policy violations. So we'll see. And I don't have any clue. All I know is I've never heard someone say when I, you know, I've never, of course, I've never been a cop. Next time, maybe just give that a try when you're pulled over. So is the, the mayor spokesperson saying that if there if it was a behind a paywall, then then it would be an issue. I guess or? so, yeah. But if you're only paying for the naked pictures, hey, that's okay. It's just fine. Wearing nothing but her gun belt. Seven thirty on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Scott File. I'm Rick Corey. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. You've heard that excuse right there yourself. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Also, if you send the word Dallas to that number, that's our text line, by the way. You can be signed up to win a pair of tickets to see a Dallas Cowboys game. How about that? All right, coming back in a couple of minutes with Ryan Aber, our OU Insider, as we talk Oklahoma, Texas. That's not behind a paywall. That one's right there on television. You're going to hear us talk about it coming up here. In just a moment on the Blitz. 
918-262-5072. Love to have you do that right now. We talked a little earlier about Halloween movies you're watching at the house. Scott and I, vastly different. He's a slasher film guy. 918-262-5072. All right, so what are some of the biggest things we're following in sports? Uh, playoff baseball, yeah, we are already there. We're already to divisional series. As last night, Texas beat Tampa, the Twins beat the Blue Jays, D-backs beat Milwaukee, and the Marlins fell to Phillies. So that was two-game sweeps for all of them. We are set for the Twins, Houston, Rangers, Baltimore, Arizona, Los Angeles, and Phillies Braves. You heard Scott mention NCAA making changes to things like whether or not you can take photos. <laughs> and you, we'll get into that a little bit later on and a little bit with Ryan here in a moment as well. Plus, the number of, of uh, people who can sign. And that's something I want to get into a little later on, and we will. And, of course, our biggest story is Oklahoma, Texas, as we prepare for the Red River rivalry. This is as a big a game as it's been in a long time. So big, as a matter of fact, that the head football coach at OU, Brent Venables, cut down the number of people who could be interviewed this week, and he explains why. All right, Brent, tell us. This week is always my 13, 14-plus years experience is that we try to get somebody. That's how I see it, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, I still like y'all and respect y'all, but it's like, oh, let me see if we can get him to say something. And uh, so that's... Now we want to talk about this week's opponent, you know. So uh, we got four good ones to to represent us, you know, the right way. And he's talking about guys like, oh, say, Drake Stoops. Now at 738, we welcome to our hotline our Thursday Oklahoma insider, and that is Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman. So, Ryan, limited availabilities this week. Do you agree with Coach? Is this the week everybody's trying to get somebody? No, I don't think so. I just think that the uh, – you know, questions that, that you ask are, are about the opponent, which we do every week, although uh, a little bit more this week. And those questions open you up to, to some of those things. It's, I don't think it's that uh, anybody necessarily seeks out those things, although certainly it happens. Mm. But it's just sometimes that uh, players walk into that and they certainly are, are coached a little bit. But uh, <laughs> this week, decided to to make sure that they picked four guys who were going to follow that coaching uh, really well and, and not say anything. It's a long way from the days where Brian Bosworth was talking about, you know, burn orange, make them puke and all that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> Those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. The, the access was a little bit better uh, back then. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't around the beat quite yet. But uh, it's uh, you know it was a little bit surprising this week. But uh, under I understand Brent Venable's reasoning. Yeah, if I don't agree with it. Yeah, and it's Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, uh, McCade Medauer, and Woody Washington. Now Dylan is a quiet guy anyway. Drake is a smart kid. He's obviously the son of a tremendous coach. I, you know, I've only been around Woody the one time when I interviewed him at Big 12 Media Day. I don't know McCade at all. Of those four guys, is there one most likely to to give you a good quote? Oh, I mean, McCade Mattower is a, a pretty good quote generally. Um, a really a thoughtful guy, and I, I might could see him, uh, you know, popping up and saying something, but uh Probably any of the others aren't going to do any of that. No, no. Uh, you know, so it was, it was a, a pretty 
uh, understandable group, I guess you could say. There you go. Uh, You know, and and this week it's a focus. Now, coaches will say, and I want to see if you agree with this, and you're welcome to play along at home at 918-262-5072. Coaches will tell you it's one game at a time. This week is no different than any other week. It's just a game. We all know that's not true because we all know it's OU Texas. And to be clear, Brent Venables hasn't said that this week. But we do know that's the way coaches approach games. However, if you approach a game that way and then you make rule changes like this, you're telling your team, subliminally or not, this is different. Do you feel any difference this week in Norman? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that there is. And to, to act like there isn't is, uh, you know, sort of ridiculous. And, and like you said, Brent Venables hasn't necessarily said that th- there isn't. Uh, but he does say the same, you know, one game at a time, one to know each week, one to know each day type of messaging that he's had all year. But he does acknowledge the difference. And, uh, you know, the, the players sort of acted like it was it was no big deal or, or not any different. But uh, the reality is it is. And, and this is a different environment on Saturday. Uh, it, it's different because of what happened last year in this game and just the, uh, you know, emotional baggage of everything. It's different because uh, this year Dylan Gabriel's playing in the game and he wasn't last year and that played such a big part about it. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, there's no way to do, to deny that uh, Saturday's game means more than any other game that they played this year or will play this year. Um, you know, with the, I would not even say the exception of Bedlam, but obviously Bedlam is the other one that's right mm-hmm. up there. But, yep. uh, you know, saying that it's, this is, uh, just another game is just ridiculous on its face. Yeah. Ryan neighbor with us, our OU insider with the daily Oklahoman. Uh, it is seven forty two here on the blitz 1170. That game, I think Bedlam and, and if you make a big 12 championship game, certainly those are the differences. Scott. We brought up the question earlier today. When was the last time you think that a lot, so much was riding on this game coming into it? I said 2011. Yeah, that's one that you look at as, you know, based on where those teams were coming in that year and, uh, you know, how, how big of a game this is this year. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've had both teams have, uh, uh, you know, so much on the line in this one and you know every year it's a, a massive thing obviously but this is a little bit different because the winner uh, is, is right there in the college football playoff conversation not that texas isn't uh, right now based on what they've done with the win over alabama but you know this is the last ranked team on either of these teams schedules so the winner should be set up for a, for a trip to arlington Maybe they'll have to play the loser of this game again, mm-hmm. which would uh, be another massive one. But if you uh, uh, you know, get to Arlington undefeated, you're certainly going to be in the top four of the uh, CFP discussion. And uh, uh, you know, I think I think certainly that that team's going to be favored. So it'll be uh, be a big one down there. And uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes nationally. Maybe the ones that aren't normally always on this game 
will be uh, tuning in on Saturday as well. Yep, uh, the Texas is back thing, and the Oklahoma is better, and both teams leaving for the SEC, and both teams leaving the Big 12. There's a thousand storylines on this one. Let's break down the actual game itself. Texas has the tougher schedule to this point, but when you look at things like points per game, defensive points surrendered and all that, the numbers are close. Oklahoma leads, but again, Texas has played the tougher schedule. To me, I'll even start – Oklahoma's ability to run it or not run it, I think, will be a key because even though Dylan Gabriel's getting the ball out quickly, for Texas, if they don't have to worry about a run, they're just going to sell out, arms in the air, that kind of thing. I think it'll make it harder. So to me, I think they have to – they don't have to win the game with their run game. They have to be effective enough with their run game. A play fake matters. And to me, that's going to be where a lot of this one lies. And then certainly that improved Oklahoma defense. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. They've got to be able to run the football, and that's sort of what I wrote about in today's Oklahoma, uh, especially centering around Marcus Major, who's sort of emerged as their number one guy over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, when Brent Venables was talking about this game, basically said that they running the football and, and the turnover battle are the two key uh, points when you're talking about winning – this football game and, and winning football games in general, and you would think that maybe the turnover battle would be the more key point of that uh, in, in determining wins or losses, but went back and looked over this game over the last, uh, uh, I guess, 23 years since uh, 2000, and uh, the, the team that has more rushing yards in this game is 20-2 and two, uh, over that span. Uh, the one year they were tied in, in rushing yards, uh, but uh, the turnover battle is 15 to five. So the running game has been really one of the uh, determining numbers in, in figuring out who's going to win the game. And OU has struggled to this point, hasn't found much consistency there. Although Marcus Majors had some really big runs over the last couple of weeks, they've have to be effective up there. That line has to open holes for them and, and Marcus Major and the rest of them have to be able to take advantage of it. Then on the other side, uh, you know, Texas' run defense has been really, really good this year, uh, only allowing over 200 yards once and, uh, you know, really locking down. So they've got to find some ways to be successful that uh, other teams have not to this point. Scott Vile. Uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has said that he's not going to go to the game. Do you think he'll show up? And if he doesn't, do you think that's a bad look for the conference? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't sound like he's going to show up. And I, I don't I don't necessarily blame him. It's it's not a game that, uh, you know, OU Texas aren't going to be in the league next year. So, uh, you know, if they wind up meeting in Arlington and he doesn't show up to the Big 12 championship game, that's a problem, I think. But uh, if he's not coming to this game, I, I think it's just sort of expected. Uh, now, Greg Sankey is apparently going to be there. So that'll be, uh, be interesting to have the SEC commissioner on hand to see what will be one of the biggest games in the SEC next year. So um, it certainly would have been interesting having both of them at the same game. Uh, but, uh, but I understand the choices that were made. I want him to show. I want your mark just to show. I, do too. I just, I just for the fun of it, wander through the press box, knock on Sankey's door. I just think it'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, your mark, your mark has been so 
unpredictable, so out front, so, hey, I'm going to do whatever in the hell I want to do, that it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think he will. But, I mean, I'd just like to see him walk in munching a corn dog. I mean, I really would. I just think that would be a, that'd be a lot of fun. All right, so, Ryan, let's break it down to what's really important here, and that is some score thoughts on this game, and then let us know what you're working on for the Oklahoman. Yeah, Uh score thoughts i've thought a lot about this i've actually got to send in my official pick for the paper here uh in in just a few minutes so i'll uh go ahead and throw that out i think texas wins this game i think because of the fact that they've been through the fire this year they've beaten alabama uh the, the run uh defense that we talked about and and a couple other things i think this game's a, a close one that goes down to the wire but i i think uh Texas wins. I'm going to go uh, 24 to 21 uh, Longhorns over the Sooners this weekend. And uh, working on for the Oklahoman, actually, uh, my my beat partner, Justin Martinez, is doing a story on Brennan Thompson. And uh, his being on the other side of the rivalry this year after being on the the right side or the winning (laughs) side of it, uh, excuse me, can't make that mistake, the winning side of it last year at 49 to nothing. And just his uh, his path to get uh, where he is right now. All right, those are our thoughts from Ryan Aber. We'll get that from the Oklahoman, and we'll see how this thing goes. Going to be a lot of fun. You're going to hit uh, the West End on Friday night. Probably won't be down there, especially with OSU having a football game. I think uh, a few of us are going to get together and and watch that. And some of us will have to. Uh, not me, luckily, but. Some of the other uh, folks will have to do a little bit of work associated with that game <laughs> and uh, just enjoy it and rest up for that uh, early wake-up call on, on Saturday to head over to the Cotton Bowl. There you go. All right, Ryan, enjoy yourself down there. Be safe, be safe travel safe. There's going to be uh, half of Oklahoma is going to be down there. It is 7.50 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. He's Scott File. That's Ryan Aber with the Oklahoma, and he is our OU insider. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Kirk Frederick, head football coach at Union. We'll talk about their game as they come uh, they come back home after the win against UConn and some just gaudy offensive numbers last week. Still to come at 8.30, Travis Hill, Muskogee's head coach, and we want more from you at 918-262-5072. That's our text line. Send the word Dallas to that. You're signed up to win a pair of Cowboys tickets. And you can give us your score guesses and updates as well. You know what? Let's not call it a guess. Give us your score predictions. How's that? That sounds better. All that is is more letters for guests, but go ahead. 7.56 on the Blitz 1170. It is a Thursday drive to work. Rick Corey along with Scott Files. It's about uh, 65 degrees outside right now. going to be a really pleasant day. No question about that. Thanks to Ryan Aber, our OU Insider, talking OU Texas, one of the three biggest stories we're following right now, along with NCAA changes, baseball last night, and right now a little high school football too. Coming up tomorrow night, Union will be back at home after a, just a, a just gaudy offensive numbers last week against UConn. This time hosting Norman. And with us on the phone, as he is on Thursdays, Union Head football coach Kirk Frederick. First of all, congratulations on that trip down to UConn. That was uh, that was an explosion of offense down there. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we had some guys play really well. Of course, Shaker played uh, exceptional uh, again. And, and really, uh, uh, Coach Maddox had a good plan early on and had some some perimeter run game or or I guess it became passing game with a few sweeps along the way and kind of opened things up for us and then you know defensively you know got on track that I was really impressed with UConn they had a good plan and and uh, had a couple of gaps in coming to some of the zone defense we were playing but 
overall held them to seven points and, and had quite a few turnovers and interceptions. So proud of our kids. This team is improving. There's no question improving. I saw an improved defense the other night, although, as you said, they, they did do a good job of throwing the football. UConn did. I think Lane Wood has kind of played himself into position a little bit better at that linebacker spot. Where do you think this team's getting better? Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of those positions at linebacker that we're you know starting to play lots of guys, and, and Lane had, had probably his best game and uh, was our defensive player of the, of the week and just starting to understand getting comfortable and, and really kind of becoming a general for us. He's a, he, he studies the game and, and um, wants to get us in the right look and, and uh, is always concerned, Coach, how do you want us to handle this? So he's really starting to, to act like a, a linebacker and a leader on that, on that side of the ball and, and a comfort level. And, you know, with the cooler weather, starting to play a little more offense as well and, uh, but there's a there's a core group of guys that that are uh, are playing really good and and improving quite a bit there defensively. We're talking to Kirk Frederick, head football coach at Union, here on the Blitz 1170 at 7:59. They'll be taking on Norman tomorrow night at home. Scott, we're officially past the halfway point of the regular season now. I know no coach is never completely satisfied with their team, but do you like where your team is right now at this point in the season? You know, I, I think so. You know, we're we're relatively healthy. We still got, you know, nicks and bruises and a few things here or there and um, you know, kinda have gone through a couple of games where we've been able to play the same offensive linemen, uh, which we didn't have early in the season and um, you know, for us we're 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 getting our special teams made huge strides, especially in the kicking game last week and and um, you know, didn't feel like we were very sharp in the in special teams uh, leading up to that, but worked really hard with that. And, um, you know, during the week, I feel like as a whole, uh, our guys are starting to understand where their role is and, and you know, am I a starter or, hey, this is my role and I'm going to do it the best that I can. And and, and when I get on the field, I, you know, I'm able to get 15, 20 snaps and can I do those things. Um, you know, Gam Jones is, is one of those guys that has done – you know, mm-hmm. found a place to help us and do some of those things. That's just an example. And um, But there's other guys in other positions that have done well. Yeah, Gamma showed some speed. There's no question. A little speed sweep the other night. So what do you see in this Norman football team? They're 2-4. and four. They have traditionally been a very tough football team, obviously struggling a little bit this year. Yeah, they had they had a big overtime win against Edmund Memorial last week and went on the road and, and beat Edmund Memorial and had a comeback win with them, actually. And uh, really good in the skill positions. Uh, the quarterback reminds me so much of Hunter Otaya uh, in the scrambling. He may go back 12 yards in reverse field and find somebody open down the field. So he gets the play, keeps the play alive, and you know a little bit nervous about that. They've got good skill kids, um, uh, you know, all over the place. And then on on defense, they um, uh, there's a safety, Dax Knowles, who's a, who was a good player for them, made good plays against us last year, and and I think their linebacker play is pretty good. So, you know, overall, when they've they've been able to, um, you know, get the quarterback has been able to extend plays. They've been able to make some big plays and and cause problems for people. Last thing is, we just had Demar Neely in here, and he's been one of my favorites since the first time I called his name in one of the broadcasts. Effort guy. You mentioned him earlier in the year to me about his effort. He was our uh, heart of a champion winner. Got to meet Demar Hamlin, exchange jerseys. Humble young man, what do you think about that? Just tell us your thoughts about DeMar Neely and what he's meant for your team. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Damar's a guy. He's a team captain, and and by, you know, that's that's one of the things is he's so well respected on our team, and and uh, um, I think people have seen his work ethic. Works extremely hard, and he's one of those guys that has overcome a lot in his life, and and you know, never complained about it. Found a way to you know make things um, the best that he can make them, and. Um, you know, it's just so impressive when you know his whole story, what he's come through. And then, you know, one of the things that, you know, it just, it didn't like, oh, all of a sudden now I'm this guy. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, was, you know, penciled in to get carries last year. And TJ McKinney comes in and takes more of those, those carries from him. And, and, uh, you know, just always that, that next running back that never quite got there. And, um, now he's playing some linebacker for us, and just the attitude that he's had, the overcoming spirit that he's had, and the hey, how can I help the team? He's probably one of the best teammates that I've been around, and and has some skill and has made some plays for us when we've put him in there at linebacker and some of our special teams. But so proud of him and the award that he got um, this last week. Uh, Dan Newman was instrumental in getting him recognized with that with that group, and. And what a cool experience for him there with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, no kidding. And, and as you said, a great representative of your school, there's no doubt. Well, let's uh, keep it rolling tomorrow night. Keep everybody healthy. Have a good time there at home in the big house. And we'll see you again next week. Sounds great. Thank you. You bet. Kirk Frederick, head football coach at Union. It's 803 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey along with Scott Files. Still to come at 830, we'll talk to Travis Hill about his Muskogee football team. In the meantime, we mentioned some NCAA changes, and Scott, you had those in our Bliss breakdowns. So they did shorten the portal, which we thought they would do. It went from 60 to 45 days. Postseason is still 30 days. Uh, and then the, the, anybody who takes part in an FBS conference or FBS championship game gets an extra five days. Uh, in spring, though, it gets cut down to 15 days. Now, the the 30, I was kind of hoping they'd cut that down, personally. You know, we went from 60 to 45. I'd have gone, I'd have rather gone to 30. If you can't make up your mind in a month out of 12 months that you want to transfer, then I think, to me, that's still too much, personally. How do you feel? I'm okay with it because, you know, obviously things can change, you know, you 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 can go into the spring and then some whatever something happens during the spring and then you make your decision. So, thirty days you it gives you time to cool off after the season to kind of really sit down and think about it, think about your future. You're not rushed to make the decision, um, and it's not so long to where you're putting the coach head coaches in a bind if you do leave. I'm okay with thirty days. I think it's. Uh, 30 45 total i'm okay with the 30 day and then the 15 i'm okay with it and i'd rather it be 15 and 15 i uh, if you can't make up your mind in 15 days 15 more days isn't going to change anything you'll just go keep going back and forth The, the other thing they did was and this is the one that's getting all the attention and i've seen a lot of memes on this one is for right now you can still do these photo shoots where you show up and you wear the team jersey and all that kind of stuff and then you're not going to be able to do that now I know the I know what they're doing. This is an emotional thing. Kids show up, they put on the jersey, they put on the helmet, they get all excited. They go through these almost WWE type photo shoots and then pretty soon you're all you're all jack and you commit. And then you go home and you might think about it and you know, you know, you, then the next school does the same thing and you get all jacked up again. So they're going to take that away. Now, it's it's good for the school. It's good for the kid because they get all excited. 
So I'm not quite sure why we're taking it away other than, I don't know, killing joy. <laughs> I mean, what am I missing here? No, I totally agree with you because, once again, the NCAA is kind of missing the— The fun sucker. Yeah, and they're kind of missing—instead of focusing on the big issues— this is what we're going to worry about, taking away photo shoots for unofficial visits. Yeah. Like, I don't – to me, because this is a great example of the kids do the photo shoots. They put it out there on social media. It exposes the game. It exposes the sport. To me, any kind of positive promotion of something like that is only good for your game. Why would you – of course, the NCAA is not hurting. But, I mean, still, why would you – Take away, as you said, be a fun sucker. Take I, away the fun. I just got to figure out what what is the base for it. I mean, they don't, I don't know. They, and they don't explain themselves. The NCAA doesn't have to explain themselves. They just make rules. So they didn't ever say why. And it, it's still a proposal. It still hasn't even right. been voted on. So. And I, you know, is it a recruiting advantage for somebody? Well, if it is, then tell the other team to take a picture. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> if, if people, I mean, people do it all over. It's not just the you know the major conferences that do it. You're going to see guys come out in UAB. Oh yeah, you've seen Division Two. Yeah, uh, NAIA schools do it. I mean, and you and not just in football. You see it in basketball and in women's sports. Every sport. Yes, you see it in all those things. And I think that's a cool moment for the kid, personally. And for the family, and it's and again, it's one of those all jacked up moments, and everybody's all excited about it. But oh no, no, we're the NCAA. We got to tell you, you can't do that. I've seen a couple of articles this morning supporting it, saying why not? It's fine with me. All right, well, fine if you're fine for it. I think it's silly. You text me right now at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. I'd like to know what you think. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Is that a good rule or a stupid rule? You're not going to be, and, and again, as Scott said, it's only a proposal. Now, one other thing that I they kind of got buried because of that right there. Oh, that, and then everybody turning into a zombie after the 120, um, the alarm yesterday on our phones <laughs> that went off that we warned everybody about. Because, of course, as you know, that activated the latent virus that came from anybody who got vaccinated and turned us all into zombies. I saw Jeremy's post, Jeremy Poplin, it said, first post is a zombie right after at 121 it that was about it there was not much else so I, I don't know if how many you know people he ate last night or anything like that but we all did become zombies yesterday and that kind of got buried well i didn't because i turned my phone off because i didn't want to hear it ah so. there you go see red and uh, i was just looking out for myself yeah but, <laughs> right yeah you yeah you want to be careful but you also have to make sure that your wife didn't become a zombie Right, because well, this I mean, is true. Well, she didn't eat me over the over. What would you so. like for dinner? Well, you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the other thing that got buried though in that whole NCAA thing is now well, they eliminated the rule on how many new scholarship players you can add. Now, to be clear, because I know what you're going to say. Well, Dion, yes, I know. There has been an exception during COVID that allowed you to sign more players. That exception was about to go away, and now what they've said is now you still can't go past the 85 limit, as Scott said. But if you want to get rid of all 85 and sign 85, you can do that. And Colorado has kind of almost done that. And remember I said, what, a week and a half ago, I'm a little afraid that he's changing the sport, Dion. Not from the standpoint of, hey, things grow and change. I understand that. I'm not against progress. I do wonder about coaches who now want to just go model exactly what he did, run into schools, and if you will, be that corporate raider. Get rid of everything, bring in new. You know, the old corporate, corporate raider thing, fire everybody, sell it for more, and blah, 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 and move along. That's That worries me a little. Yeah, because as you've seen for players that enter the transfer portal, there's not always a landing spot. No, and no. if you're a, a player in any sport and you like your university, you like where you're at, and then all of a sudden you're essentially kicked you. out. Yeah. yeah, you're kicked out in the street, and now you have to try and find a place to 
to play. You know, you you lost a scholarship. You lost your school getting paid for. You know, that's that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not wild about it. Uh, it it's inevitable progress. It was, and I think everybody probably looked at what happened in Colorado and went, "All right, that's fine," and then just went ahead. But it was probably going to happen anyway. I just don't necessarily think it's a really good idea. Uh, so that is one of the things I wanted to get into as, as well today. And we'll take your text at 918-262-5072. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.